The following program comes to you from the MNL Studios. Welcome in to the Mark and Linda podcast. Skeeter, how are we doing? Good. Uh, today, comments with Skeeter. On this day in history, a lot happened. Ooh. Uh, what year is it? Mm. Five offerings. Mm-hmm. We will remember the icon that is and was Little Richard. Uh, the latest TV top 10. A- and I'll explain. I- I've-, I've got a thing for it. do my best uh to get this in the the airplanes no! that sold at auction we don't care that you could have had that's why i'm going to do it really really quickly mm. trust me trust y- me you'll be bored by it The Mattercat will be joining us for this. We have a list of the 20 best sitcoms of all time. God damn it. I told you. If Seinfeld is number... I'm going to kill... No. If you tell me Seinfeld is number one again, I'm going to leave. It's Black Friday every day. Black black what? And what movie (laughs) quote do you use all the time? The, uh, the sitcoms, uh, normally I'm a little opinionated because sitcom is short for situation comedy. And in my mind, which I think is incorrect, but in my mind, a situation comedy means a four camera show that's recorded in front of a live audience. Technically, that's not correct. A situation comedy would be the Andy Griffith show. It's a funny situation. Yes, but the Andy Griffith show was filmed with a single camera with no audience. So I've had to put that aside. This is a solid list, the 20 greatest sitcoms of all time. Okay, so listen, just in case I do have to leave the show early because I'm not sure when you're planning on doing that, Mm -hmm. uh, let's go ahead and do the birthday chicken now. Right now? Right now. Because if... If Seinfeld is number one... And I told you I don't want to hear another list with Seinfeld being number one. Just like I don't want to hear another list about... Um, uh, what's the name of that? The Exorcist being the scariest movie of all time. And so if Seinfeld is number one, you're going to leave. Yeah. Wow. You. As you would say, don't tease me. <laughs> Feels weird doing this now, but okay. All right, let's go straight to the chicken. Mm-hmm. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. All right, good luck to us all. On 5-9, Wesley Duncan turned 62. On 5-10, that whore Maggie Franklin oh, wow. turned 54. Go, Maggie. Uh, 515, which is today, Old Fart Steven is turning 68, Gary is turning 66, and Warren, who is in the chat right now, is turning 56, 517, Kevin Waits is turning 61, 
Fred Davison, 50, 519, Tammy Scott, 56, and on 520, Aaron P. from Northern California is turning 52. Happy birthday, everybody. Oh, it sucks to be in quarantine and celebrating your birthday. Speaking of that, saw a, um, an article on this, uh, a TV special, a mention, and I like it. Uh, because everybody's locked in, the, and it makes perfect sense, drive-ins have made a huge comeback. They're packing them in. With the space between the cars. Is that what they're doing? Yes. And so, I mean, think about it. You can go and you can, uh, you know, take your food if you wish. Well, you ha- if you're going to have food, you have to take it because... Um, they don't sell it? No. Okay. Yeah. So you're in the privacy of your own car. Take the family. Kids can, you know, run around near you. Social distancing. But you can watch a movie in your car. And get out of your house for a minute. Now... Part of the problem is that drive-ins, many of them still exist, but they turned them into, um, what do they call those things on Saturday morning when they sell? Because nobody was going to the drive-in. They call them, not antique. Something market. Um, Doesn't matter. Okay. Uh, But uh, drive-ins really just kind of went by the wayside because nobody was going, but now they are. So if you are of the mind, look around your area and see if there's a drive-in functioning. Oh, that's it. Thank you, Justin. Swap markets. Swap swap meats. Swap meats. Um, so look around because they're, they're, they're back and people are really enjoying it. Nostalgia. When I was a kid, we would go. Um, the fire department would bring the fire truck and park it in front of the screen and you know you'd get there early so you could you know bang around and movie wouldn't start until it was dark and so we would play on the fire truck they had swings and stuff like that was so, the ladder made of wood matter of fact it was to be honest with you it sure was that fire truck and uh, and so it was good times so it is nostalgia unique that it would be something like this that would bring back drive-ins and they showed one the other day i forget exactly where in california it was but this was where we saw the report and i recognized it the moment they saw they showed the marquee it was one of those drive-ins where we did the mark and brian drive-in we used to do those Nobody was going to the drive-in then, but when we did it, they would come. Mm -hmm. Um, My favorite were the Halloween drive-ins. We would show a kid-friendly movie first, something like The Ghost and Mr. Chicken, and then the last movie where the kids were either asleep or they had left, we would show a really scary, like The Exorcist. Mm -hmm. And then first thing of the night, we told everybody, if you're coming, bring candy, because the kids would trick-or-treat car to car. So I loved those. Yeah. We had a great time. Yeah. Super good time. One year, I don't remember why, Brian and I dressed up as women. It was Halloween. Is that what it was? Yeah, I believe so. Well, how, did, how did it get to where we dressed <laughs> up like women? I was um, not, I don't look good. Uh, it's twice I've done that. Uh, once for the drive-in, once for the time I lost the bet and I was dressed up like a woman and I looked just like my sister. Yeah, you do. With the makeup on. Yep. 
So anyway, drive-ins, all the rage. Everybody go and get you a drive-in movie. Just say st- stay safe. So um, with your uh, with your being locked down, um, you know, it's easy to get on people's nerves around the house. And here... <laughs> you better shut up. Here in our house, it's kind of an unspoken rule, I know, that because, see, when things were good... Um, you know, Linda and I would have breakfast, you know, whatever time, nine. And then I would go do what I would go do and she would do what she does. We'd then get in the car and take off for lunch. Oh, imagine that. Yeah. We would go to whatever restaurant we chose. In most cases, it was a local type of restaurant, mom and pop. Sadly, some of those are not going to return. Uh, and then we would run our errands, Target, Home yeah. Goods. Yeah. Best Buy, whatever. I miss Home Goods. God, I miss I miss Target, too. And I knew... I don't miss uh, Home Depot. The unspoken... Well, I do. I know. The unspoken rule is that once we got back from that, that we... I have to go. I have to leave. Go away. Go downstairs. Hide. And Linda would make coffee and watch her soap. Not anymore. There aren't any more new soaps now. Well, I'm a little surprised in that one of the things they've done, her soap, is they've started showing old ones yeah. 10, 20 years ago. I would think that you would enjoy seeing that, but it's not worked but for I you. But I really don't. You need the fresh new yeah. story to, yeah. well, okay, well, that's not happening. No. So uh, now I just watch something on my DVR or I, you know, I'm on season seven of the Gilmore Girls. So, oh, I'm not able to talk, so I'm a little bit worried about reading these comments. You're not able to talk. I keep fucking up my speech. Oh. <laughs> well, you can't worry about that. I fuck it up every day. As Amy said, you talk for a living and you suck at it. <laughs> so, um, so yeah, uh, do be careful when it comes to being locked down. Make yourself scarce periodically. Give your, your people a chance to get along without you, and then you'll show up, and maybe they'll uh, enjoy seeing you. Amy and Bradley do that, too. They, they have their quiet time in the afternoon where she'll go and do whatever she needs to do in one room and he'll go and do what he does in the other room. Yeah, it's kind of important. And Bradley is a workout hound and he's not going to the gym. So I love this. He goes to the alley and he does his running and his working out yeah. in the alley. Yeah, well, he's outside and yeah. nobody's around and, you know, it's great. He's getting some fresh air completely get it and then amy takes care of the doggy all right let's do some of this look bullwinkle a message in a bottle fan mail from some flounder no this is what i really call a message and now comments with skeeter terry says hi linda and mark loved hearing the bird calls that last one you played sounded like a cardinal we mm. get tons of cardinals in the spring in rochester new york and also enjoyed the top five Elvis songs. One of my favorite is A Little Less Conversation. Also, she is correct because I looked it up mm -hmm. and what we have are northern cardinals and they are as cute as they can be. And do you know who wrote this? I want to say Mac Davis. It is. to believe this is a remix of Little Less Conversation and this song was from a movie. 
Moving on. Richard says, Hey, Mark and Skeeter, did you watch the Perry Mason episode, The Case of the Golden Oranges? The old man that owned the dog did a Twilight Zone called The Hunt and had a dog in that episode. Remember? Yes, Richard. While that episode was on, Mark said the exact same thing to me. See, this is uh, a show that was made in the late 50s, early 60s. So a lot of the actors that are used in Perry Mason did Andy Griffith, did Twilight Zones. These were working actors and every single day there's two or three in one episode that did Andy and a bunch of Twilight Zone guys. And of course, I had to bring that up and tell Linda, you know which one this guy is? Mm -hmm. Let me me tell you. Every episode. Uh, Richard also goes on to say, I know the first thing I'm going to do when this is all over, go on Guy's Grocery Games. I can go through the store and do three weeks of shopping in five minutes now. (laughs) Richard, so can I. And I love Triple G, but I don't like Triple D. Uh, diners drive. Yeah, well, I, I don't like that one. Well, you see, they are, they're always cooking gross food. Well, no, they're not. Yes, they are. It's no, fat, gross no, food. You you don't like when they show how they process meat and things like that. Uh, I I enjoy it a lot because you see these mom and pop restaurants that are doing great that pack them. Well, did pack them in. So I'm not with you on that. I know. John says, I have to agree with the comment Mark made, which can be counterproductive at times, but I too have been enjoying going back through my music library and revisiting albums in their entirety while we are on our lockdown hikes. The key is to revisit these albums and listen to it without the shuffle on. Listen to them as they were released. Track one, track two, track three. There is nostalgia deep in there and it brings back stuff. And it's like Linda said last week, you know, you already know what's coming because you know the album so well. 
you didn't realize you know it, but you do. Yeah. You. But, but yet you can't remember what you had for lunch. No, can't. <laughs> Avery says, damn it, Linda, my husband sings and plays night moves on his guitar all the time. I can't hear it without hearing your voice. Hey, he's talking about her tits and giggling now. <laughs> That's a damn uh, sexy song. It is. Yeah. All right, Rich says, while watching the Gary Marshall tribute, I couldn't help but keep remembering when he would be on the sound. Watching all the scenes from Happy Days and Laverne and Shirley. But the best thing I enjoyed him in was A League of Their Own. Gary Marshall gave a lot of happy memories to us. He will always live on. Little did we know that we would fall in love with Robin Williams after that, too. I put that in my DVR. I have not watched it yet, but I'm looking forward to watching it. What did I just say, Mark? I'm sorry. I was getting a Gary Marshall sketch up for later. Oh, okay. My so, bad. So at least you know I was talking about Gary Marshall. Of course. Okay. Uh, 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 who Anne Hathaway, uh, in uh, in promotion of this Gary Marshall event they were having, Anne Hathaway, who did Princess, not Bride, but uh, Princess Diaries. Mm, oh, with good him. Lord! I was about to slap you because you were in that movie. Uh, she did, and and she didn't even mean to, but she did a quick Gary Marshall, and it's one of the things. Gary talks like no one else, and because he directed her, and I was there, um, he he she just launched into this. Oh, you slip! That's funny. We're rolling. So Gary, so Mark and Brian, you got to say your name. You got to promote. Say your names. <laughs> All right. Oh, okay. Haley says, hi, guys. My boyfriend, Tyler, directed a raunchy comedy called The Wrong Missy that's out on Netflix. Mm. <gasps> Congratulations. That's yeah. very exciting. Way to go. We got to spend about three months in Hawaii for the shoot, which was amazing. Jesus. One day after shooting a hilarious threesome scene, my boyfriend came home and we were watching the rough cut of the scene, which had some cheesy music tempt in. Yeah. And I suggested they replace it with a song I had heard that day as I was catching up on Mark and Linda while driving around the island, L. King's cover of the Pussy Song. My boyfriend and the producers loved what it did for the scene so much that it made it to the final cut. Wow. All because you guys love songs that are aggressively sexual. St love you guys, stay nasty. Um, Mark Benia, who scores television and movies, hates temp music. Now, those of you that don't know what that is, um, when you're making a movie or a television show, they'll cut the thing together. It's not locked yet, it's just cut together. And to give it a feel of whatever the music might sound like that the composer is working on, they will throw in a temporary piece of music. Benia's problem with it, because he hates it, he hates temp music, he says, and who would know better? Mm -hmm. He says, no matter what I do, people have gotten used to the temp music and whatever I put in there, they dislike mm. because they've already fallen in love with the temp stuff and he hates it. And I get it. I, I see his point. Yeah. Rachel says, oh my gosh, Mark's laugh with all of Matt's jokes was just classic. Jesus. All of his laughing made me laugh so much. Thank you for the positive, upbeat shows during this time. Uh, you know, with uh, Mark and Brian and with uh, before Brian, I was a laugher. And I haven't used it like that in a while. And Matthew <laughs> had me so tickled that I coughed 
for three days. Yeah. The, the muscles apparently that I used to laugh like that were weak. What are you saying? I'm not as funny as Matt? You weren't that day. <laughs> that was just fucking funny. I mean, he was talking about trying to get out of that Elvis show when he comes down during the intermission and my shirt is drenched with tears and I, I realized at that moment I'm fucked. God, that boy. Mike says, Hi, RG and Linda. I'm listening to Matt in Memphis and love the story about Cal Worthington and the rotating car table. Yeah. I grew up just down the street from his dealership in Long Beach and remember seeing his commercial on TV growing up. For the longest time, I thought his commercial was saying, pussy cow, pussy cow, pussy cow. <laughs> it wasn't till I got older that I realized he was actually saying, go see cow, go see cow, go see cow. <laughs> I never met him, but talked to him. Good dude. Uh, Kathy says, when you spoke of Cal Worthington, it reminded me of, a, of something a friend of mine told me. My friend worked for him shortly after college in the 80s. Cal used to wear tube socks. You know those old style socks up to the knees with multicolored stripes <laughs> they were quite noticeable when cal was wearing white pants because you could see the stripes through the pants just thought you'd enjoy knowing that cal. knowing that tidbit i would have loved him uh renee says hi linda the improvements catalog you where you got the stair carpets went out of business because remember a listener had asked us where oh, i got them yeah i am um, there are other places that sell these like Hawes.com, uh, H-O-U-Z-Z, -Z. just in case they're still looking for it. Who's? Who's, how's? H-O-U-Z-Z. -Z. Uh, Gloria says, Elvis, I, I have loved Elvis for as long as I have a memory. One of my best memories with my father was going to the store and him getting me my very first eight track. Mm. Burning Love will always hold a special place in my heart for this reason. Listening and dancing to it with my little sister all around the pool table in my den. I swore I was going to marry him when I got older. I was only eight years old when he died, but I remember crying like I had lost a very close loved one. Mm. And in a way, I did. I loved all of your picks of favorite Elvis songs, but I, like Katie, love his ballads. Yeah. Me too. Mm -hmm. I love them all, though. Ron says, I love me a little Elvis, but Jesus Christ. Thank you, Linda, for keeping Mark on track and under an hour of Elvis. <laughs> <laughs> and then Shelly says, thank you, thank you, thank you for Matt's, Linda's, and Katie's top five songs. So good. If I Can Dream is my all-time favorite. I cry every freaking time. It's a great song. It is sad, Matt, but oh so good. So much emotion and applies so much to the world right now. Love me some Elvis. And then our last comment comes from Marty. Wow. You talk about little Richard, then later on in the day he passes away. Wow. Please don't start talking about Justin Timberlake. I'd really like to get another <laughs> album from him. I agree, Marty. Me Open too. it like the wood thing. <laughs> And, oh, you mean Man in the Woods? Yes. Yeah, that wasn't all that great. And that's comments. History. 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 That happened, and we all let it happen. Happy birthday. The great Stevie Wonder turned 70 today. Uh, not today, yes. this week. Yeah, I think it was yesterday. No, day before. Well, he's 70. Happy birthday, Stevie. And, of course, President Barack Obama weighed in on the importance of Stevie. 
When I was first discovering music, just like Michelle, it was Stevie's albums that I found and his songs became the soundtrack of my youth. And through them, I found peace and inspiration, especially in difficult times. And there are many songs, many Stevie Wonder songs that will forever be with me. But I think for most people, if you say Stevie Wonder, you have to think of the song Superstition. Here, the great guitarist Jeff Beck talks about that song. That was originally written for me. Stevie wrote that for me in return for me playing on the Talking Book album. The drum pattern came from me and some of the lyrics I wrote. He knew that I'd recorded Ain't Superstitious and he liked that. I don't think he even knew the origin of it. But he said, what about if I write something about superstitions? So I wrote down a half a dozen of ones that he'd never heard of, like the Broken Mirrors, the bad, like, 13-month-old, I think I wrote. And he waltzed off and within half an hour that song was born. birthday George Lucas turned 76 yesterday and happy birthday is in line for David Byrne the former frontman of the talking heads he is 68 this week here David talks about how it was they came to record the great Al Green's Take Me to the River. We didn't see anything incompatible with doing the kind of stuff we did and loving this music from Memphis. So we thought we'd do another Al Green song and it was Take Me to the River. We just thought it'd be a fun thing to throw in the set in the same way that we used to do One, Two, Three, Red Light, this bubblegum song. But Take Me to the River ended up being really popular when we performed. Originally, we didn't intend to put it on the record. And people said, you got to put it on there. You really do it good. So we put it on there. And sure enough, the one song you don't write is the hit. 
Uh, big week for birthdays. Oscar-winning director Robert Zemeckis turned 69 this week. He directed all of the Back to the Future movies as well as Forrest Gump, which won him an Academy Award. Happy birthday! Billy Squire was born this week back in 1950. Here, Billy talks about what inspired the song The Stroke. Impetus behind that song was actually the music business, the hustle that goes on. And at the time, I was running around promoting my first record. And I saw a lot of things which just made me reflect on what are people after and the sort of Machiavellian tendencies that some people have and the pretense that's involved. Once I decided to call it The Stroke, you get the sexual innuendos. Being a big fan of ambiguity, which I think is a very important part of rock lyrics, allowing people to attach their own meaning to things, I went, well, this is great. It's going to carry on so many levels, it'll be really perfect. I did a uh, Cool Stories of Music on Billy Squire. And he was, uh, his career was as a guitar-driven rock musician. And he did, for one of his hits, he did a video. And the video, I don't know why anybody didn't mention it to him while he was doing it, but it was so effeminate that, and he will tell you, it ruined his career. It was on this day back in 1982, Ebony and Ivory. Oh. Paul McCartney, Stevie Wonder hits number one. was on this day back in 1968 said Paul McCartney was in New York for a press party celebrating the start of the Beatles Apple Corps he receives a slip of paper at the party from Linda Eastman and it had her phone number on it they spent the night together at the home of Beatles associate Nat Weiss
It was on this day back in 1963 at the fifth Grammy Awards, which is funny to say. Yeah. The one of the greatest songs of all time wins record of the year. I left my heart in San Francisco. High on a hill It calls to me It was uh, this week, back in 1970, uh, the song, the Beatles song, The Long and Winding Road was released, and it turned out that this was a a turning point for Paul McCartney. For whatever reason, um, Phil Spector was brought in to produce this album, and apparently it was a nightmare what Phil was doing to these Beatles songs, and Paul loved the long and winding road but did not love what phil specter was doing so he went to former producer george martin and begged him to work on this song and apparently the debacle with the long and winding road was the final straw that broke the camel's back for paul it was because of this he decided to leave the beatles but here george martin talks about that situation. When it came back from being handled by Phil Spector, it was laden down with treacle and choirs and scoring and so on. It's always a very difficult tightrope of taste that you walk when you orchestrate something for people like the Beatles. And I'd always tried very hard to maintain a kind of classical, clean style. And in my opinion, we hadn't got that with Long and Winding Road. In my opinion, that sort of trust had been violated, and Paul felt the same thing too. His song, he felt, wasn't as clean as it should have been. The long and winding road that leads to your door will never disappear. seen that road before it was on this day 2007 maxim magazine proclaims lindsay lohan as the world's hottest woman wow this day 1996 the metallica album is certified nine times platinum And it was on this day back in 1987, Motley Crue, Motley Crue releases their fourth album, Girls, 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 the title track becomes a top 20 single for the group. And it was this week, 45 years ago, that Elton John, was the very first white artist to perform on Soul Train. Here, Elton talks about it. I had two other number one R&B records with Philadelphia Freedom and Mama Can't Buy Your Love. And I won the affection of the black community in music in America. So Benny and the Jets, I said, okay, but I always remember saying half-heartedly, put it out at your peril. And of course it was a number one single and it broke the album up 
that was the record that really broke the album. All right. We now move to what year is it? Okay. Last week, respectable. Got five this week. How will she do? I will say that there are some uh, some key years here. Key. <laughs> key years. Oh, but I don't know that it's going to matter. Here we go. I don't think I've recovered from last week's, that oh, last one. Tell them the story. So on, uh, you know, uh, we're locked down. We can't see the kids. It was Mother's Day this past Sunday. So um, not normally would I do this. I leave it up to the kids, but our kids just suck. And so I wanted to make sure. No, that, they don't. They each sent me something for Mother's Day. Yeah, whatever. I wanted to make sure that Linda had some sort of a thing. So I buy her coffee maker. I put, you know, a, a thing, Happy Mother's Day, um, and I printed it from my computer, even though I denied that I did. Um, and uh, and uh, she didn't really find that big of a kick out of what was printed on there. It was when she turned it over. Yeah, because, you know, we use the front and back of our paper that we work with on the Recycled. show. Recycle. Um, and I, tur- I turned it over and it was uh what year is it and it was um lo- uh, 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 owner yeah. of a lonely heart yes and this was me all by myself in the kitchen before i even looked at the date 1984 <laughs> that was the happy mother's yes. day gift to shindo it was great all right here we go song woke up a winner we have five okay this week song said year Movie. Safe and sound now, back in good old 1955. 1955? Are you telling me you built a time machine? Out of a DeLorean? Back to the future. Right. And headlines. When we brought you the new taste of Coke, we knew that millions would prefer it, and millions do. And we knew that it would beat the taste of our major competitor, and it does. What we didn't know was how many thousands of you would phone and write asking us to bring back the classic taste of original Coca-Cola. <laughs> okay, yeah, that really helped me. That is one of the biggest mistakes ever made. What a hiccup by a major company yeah. to take the number one soft drink and decide to change, change the taste. Look, if you want to make, you know, another kind of Coke, fine, but keep the original. They didn't do that. Yeah. Oh. All right. I feel like with Brian Adams, it's always safe to say 1985. Is that your final answer? Yeah. Is that wrong? I just asked you if that was your final answer. Oh, that was weird the way you just looked at me. There's nothing weird. I I simply said, is that your final answer? It's my final answer! All right, well, calm down. There's no need to get uppity about the whole thing. (laughs) All right. Eight. eight. 85. All right. It is 1980. Five. Yay! All right, I got my one. No. Yeah. No. As long as I get one, I'm fine. Okay, fine. In my mind. All right, so you could go one for five and be good. Oh, I've done it many times, and yes. Song, said year.
is that Sting or is that the police? I shouldn't answer your questions. But you always do. I shouldn't. Well, answer this one. Sting. Okay. Movie. Once, he was programmed to destroy the future. What it's like to try to kill one of these things. Now, his mission... Get down. ...is to protect it. Come with me if you want to live. Terminator 2, Judgment Day. I uh, rented this latest Terminator where they brought Linda yeah, Hamilton. Yeah. Oh, boy. You didn't like it. Ten minutes. Mm-hmm. Ten minutes mm-hmm. turned it off. Uh, and uh, headlines. The Twins are going to win the World Series. The Twins have won it. It's a base hit. It's a one nothing, ten-inning victory. All right. Well, I think that the year the Twins won the World Series... Uh, the police were it was in the 80s, so then Sting was probably in the 90s. I will say 1991. Hmm. It is 1991. <laughs> okay, got two. Yeah. You're two for two. I'm happy about that. All right, let's throw in a wrinkle, shall we? <sighs> okay. Song, said year. You see your Movie. They're here. That thing is in there with my baby. Steven Spielberg crosses a frightening new threshold. Kind of disturbances. Poltergeist. Headlines. The governors of eight major auto industry states met with President Reagan today to discuss the plight of their constituents, and the governors urged the president to negotiate with Japan a voluntary limit on auto exports to the United States. Okay, so I think that Poltergeist came out in 1982. I'm not sure about Fleetwood Mac. That was Fleetwood Mac, right? Yes. Okay. Because I usually say 77 with Fleetwood Mac, Mm -hmm. but I believe that was their first album. Which means they would have come out with another one. Okay, I'll just go with 1982. Fuck it. It is 1982. You see? Yes! God damn it! It's also the year you got married. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Three for three. Okay. All right. Already at this point, it's respectable. Now I'm sweating. Really? <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Song said ye oh boy. All right, here we go. Down around the corner, half a mile from here. See them poultry run and pops them disappear. Uh, movie, what? Doobie Brothers. Yes, movie. 
Jump into your candy-colored custom or your screaming machine, cruise downtown, and catch American Graffiti. Baby, what's that? It's a movie. Can you dig it? Can you dig it? Go back in time. Where were you in 62? And headlines. When the Yom Kippur War broke out and took Israel by surprise, the soldiers of the armored brigades boarded tanks just like these ones and were quick to head down to the southern border. They thought they would meet the same Egyptian army they so easily defeated six years earlier. All right, Doobie Brothers. I want to say either 74, 75, or 76. Can you at least tell me if I'm in, if any of those years is correct? I cannot. Oh, so they're not correct. I didn't say that. God damn you, Mark. I don't see there's any need for cussing. Well, you've told me before. You're cussing me. I'm just hosting the thing. And you're cussing me. Is any three of those correct? Am I in the range is what I want to know. I cannot say. Let me put it this way. I refuse to say. See, you either know it. I don't you, know it. Well, then. <sighs> me answering that question would simply confuse the issue. Mm-hmm. All you'd have to say is yes or no. Are you sitting there thinking I'm going to change my mind? I'm not. No, I'm thinking about changing my mind. Are you? Because you're not telling me that that was correct. See, now you're making shit up. So now I don't know. Maybe it was... You're basing all this shit you're saying on the fact that I didn't respond. Yeah, but you usually respond. Do I? Yeah. Um, so now I'm either thinking it's 73 or 77. Outside of those numbers. Let, let me just for the record say, I didn't answer. I know. So your initial three could be correct or could not. If one of those is correct no, and you're you not didn't tell your, me. You're not putting your shit on me. No, you've always I, told me. I, I simply didn't answer the God All damn. right, I'll say 1974. It is. 1970. God damn it. Three. Down around the corner. <laughs> Fuck you in your motherfucking ass. I'm leaving now. No, you're not. You are throwing a fit because I didn't say anything. You are a jackass. Okay, first of all. And I said 73. Well, wait, hold up. You said 74, 75, 76. You asked me, is it one of those? I couldn't answer the question because that would tell you that those three years aren't it. I couldn't answer it. Then no, you just playing mind games with me. I no, you played mind games with you. You talked yourself out of the whole thing. So then by me not answering, you went 73 or 77. Good lord. Either way, it was wrong. Yes, it was. Oh, You've only gotten three right. You're not happy? I could have had four. Stop asking questions. Because I even said the year out loud. Okay. Well, what am I supposed to do? Point to it? Yeah, that's, that's the one. That would be nice. Bullshit. <laughs> I'm done talking to you. All right, you got one more. You are three for four. Mm-hmm. No thanks to you. I'm not here to help you. Okay. I am moderating the game. Okay. 
What would Pat Sajak have done? What would Jeopardy guy? Um, um, Alex Trebek. Trebek. What would he have done? He wouldn't answer your goddamn question. And he wouldn't take your horse shit. He'd kick you out to the green room right now. <laughs> All right. One more. Here we go. Let me see. Shut up. Just play it. Wow. Now. Now I'm grouchy. Now belligerent. <laughs> All right. Song. Last one. Song said year. On a Her brain's thinking. Uh, here we go. Movie. Chris Parker getting ready for the greatest night of her life. Now she's stuck babysitting the Anderson kids. Take good care of my baby. I'll guard her with my life. What could possibly go wrong? Adventures in babysitting. And headlines. Gorbachev's first direct response to his critics amounted to a counterattack. He said, those who say our reforms don't move fast enough should know we can't do it all at once. His reform program known as Perestroika. Yeah, that, that really helps. Yeah, well, it never helps me. All right, Bon Jovi. Okay. Did you expect me to confirm that? No, I'm not asking you any questions. You shouldn't. So I'm going to... It's going to act be, like I'm not here. It's going to be. Oh, that's very easy for me to do. Um, it's going to be in the late '80s. Okay, I want to say '87 or '88. So I'm going to say I'm going to go with the first one that I thought of, and say 1987. Why are you looking at me? See, you're, you're, you're playing mind games with me. And I don't appreciate it. <laughs> For the record, I haven't said a word. I know, but you're looking at me like... What are, does that mean? Are you sure you want to stay with that answer? Wait, so in... Why in couldn't you give me that look when it, I it, asked it, you it, the it, question earlier? Excuse me. In Jeopardy, does Alex Trebek look at the contestants? Yes, I, I think yes, he does. does. And do they throw a fit like you're doing? <laughs> I don't think so. God. What was your answer? I forgot. 1987. <laughs> Quit looking at me. Is that your final answer? It's my final answer. Okay, you said final. Mm-hmm. Can't mm -hmm. go back. <laughs> it is 1987. Ah! Could have gotten Good Lord. all five correct. Yeah, see, now she's all cocky. But the quarantine asshole over here mm -hmm. just couldn't help me out. Yeah, now she's cocky and bitchy. <laughs> Perfect contestant for the game. Ah, yes. Can't wait to play this again. Yeah, me too. Don't ever ask me another question. I'm not, you, I'm not. And I will look at you whenever I fucking please. <laughs> trying to fuck with me. No, I'm not. Yeah. You're fucking with yourself. If you had look, gave, given me that look, no, it wouldn't help. Never mind. All right. Uh, before we uh, move to the top 10 television shows, oh, here, let me play this. Give us a little pensive music to go with. 
Let me first tell you who this guy is, Sir William Gerald Golding. He was an older dude. He was a British novelist, playwright, and poet. So that you know, his debut book, his novel, debut, first one he ever wrote, was Lord of the Flies, which oh. turned into a trilogy. He won the Booker Prize for Rites of Passage, another novel. Um, he was awarded the Nobel Peace Prize in Literature in 1983. Mr. Golding gave us this quote, and I quote, I think women are foolish to pretend that they're equal to men. Oh, 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 damn. They are far superior. Oh, damn, yes. And always have been. Whatever you give a woman, she will make greater. If you give her sperm, she gives you a baby. If you give her a house, she gives you a home. If you give her groceries, she gives you a meal. If you give her a smile, she gives you her heart. She multiplies and enlarges whatever is given to her. So if you give her any crap, be ready for a ton of shit in return. And if you give her some money, she'll give you a blowjob. Wait a minute. I didn't realize that was the rule of this. I mean, if that's... Well, I mean, you should post that. Like on a sign. Give me some money. I'll suck your cup. Well, then I'd love to have known that. Okay. So now, uh, you know, before I get into this, one of the reasons I'm in love with television top 10 ratings, and they're not fair, and I'll get into that in a minute. I I always, as a, as a jock, uh, uh, trying to find content to share, I spent my entire career once a week sharing the TV top 10, the ratings. And... Lately, you can't find them because it's so muddled. Uh, you, you know, what? what is this TV top 10? Is this Netflix included, Hulu, Vudu, whatever, or what? It, this particular top 10, because see, back in the day when I would read these, you didn't have a choice. It was ABC, CBS, NBC, and then Fox came along and that was included. But now it's just so convoluted. However, this TV top 10 is networks only. ABC, CBS, Fox, NBC. That's it. Okay. Netflix, all those others that everybody's watching are not included. Okay. So here we go. Your television top 10. Okay. Number 10 on Fox, 911. Do you know what that is? I do know what it is. I do not watch it, but right. I do know. Number nine. FBI, CBS. Don't know. Number eight, FBI Most Wanted, Ooh. CBS. Number seven, Magnum PI. Yep. Now, for this next one, number six, Linda watches this show, and I kind of don't. And I wondered, how's it doing? I looked it up. This show not only won its time slot, it won the entire night by big. Oh, you're going to say The Masked Singer. Number six, The Masked Singer on Fox. I love it. Well, Next, this coming week is the finals. Well, like it or not, it's a giant 
hit. Yep. It is kind of fun because, you know, Linda will come downstairs after she's gone up to take off her makeup and then she comes down and I'm not sure who it is. So <laughs> she she comes down and she turns it on. And I will say, even though I don't watch it, these people, if you've never seen one, these performers, these celebrities are wearing complete costumes. So the only hint you have, along with the hints, the subtle hints they give, is by listening to them sing. Mm-hmm. And you do... It's funny. Everybody turns away from the television so you can listen when all you had to do was close your eyes. Oh, yeah. That's, uh, yeah, yeah. But you do. You listen to see if you can hear their voice. I didn't know the rhino. It's very disappointing when they take off the mask and you don't know them. It yeah. was a baseball player. Well, see, I don't know any of them. Yeah. Number five, most watched network television show, Survivor. Number four, NCIS. Don't watch it. Isn't that Mark? Uh, I have no idea. Thing? All right. Number three, this is uh, Magna P. Tom Selleck, Blue Bloods. Number two, for fucking ever, this show has been on the air. It has to be a record. Number two, 60 minutes. Mm hmm. Mm hmm. Mm -hmm. Wow. And the number one most watched network television show of the week. Young Sheldon. Wow. Massive hit. I've watched a couple of those. And? It's yeah, it's fine. But you didn't go back. Um, if it if I'm looking for something to watch and I land on it, I will stop and watch it. But I don't put it, it's not in my DVR or anything. All right. So uh, I'm going to go ahead and call Matt. We're not going to get to that right now because we do have something we have to do. No, we have to do. No, no, no. We have to do little Richard. We are. I was going to bring Matt up for that because he would probably enjoy this. Oh, oh, okay. So we're going to get the Matter Cat up. Hello. Big Dog. Hello, Matthew Son. Good morning. How you doing? Oh, well, it just struck noon there, didn't it? Yes. Uh, it did. It sure did. Um, I want to share. Good afternoon. I, I want to share this with uh, everybody, and I couldn't load it onto my system, so I've got to do this off my computer. How embarrassing. Yeah, well, it is. Imagine being me. Um, so, Matthew. Hang on, let me get this ready. All right, so Matthew, uh, during the lockdown, Matt, how you doing? I'm so great. Okay. Uh, during the lockdown, Matt picked up his guitar. He doesn't play guitar. He plays drums. He's been playing his guitar. And he picked it up, and he worked up a thing that he wanted to share with Linda and I. And so he videoed well, that, No, that's not true. He, he doesn't I know. Was just, I was just playing... And I uh, thought I'd document it. Okay, so he's. It's not. It's not going well. All right. So. <laughs> so. Uh, so he's been working on it. So he's videotaping himself play the guitar. So Matthew, like any musician, he gets frustrated, um, and it comes out in various ways. Sometimes it's a look. Sometimes it's a verbal altercation. Um, so this is a video that uh, he sent to Linda, and I asked permission. Um, seconds into the performance from Matthew on his guitar, he shares his frustration. So here we go. Our son, Matthew, on the guitar. Good luck. That's my favorite. That, uh, play it again. Play it again. 
You know what? Fuck! <laughs> what, Matt? I kept trying. Yes. yes. I'm still trying. You never... And it still isn't going well. Well, it's hard. It's different. All right. Before we get to what Matt has joined us for, uh, we did lose uh, some people this week, and I wanted to uh, get Matt on because he might get a kick out of this. We lost Little Richard and others, which I will get into. Uh, But a real quick story. We all know Little Richard, um, and I talked a a lot about this last week, and then oddly he passes away after we had brought all that up. Uh, But little Richard passed away last week. And this guy, and I said this last week, and I'm going to say it again, 1953, 1954, little Richard was on television singing hardcore rock and roll. But back in, keep in mind the year, 1953, if you're a black artist, you basically are relegated to black radio. There's very little crossover that goes on. Uh, And Little Richard was never credited with introducing rock and roll. Elvis Presley was. But Little Richard, and it's clear when we do our quick little frenzy, Little Richard was singing rock and roll two to three years before Elvis presented it to a white teenage audience. And Little Richard seemed to be okay with, with that. He always referred to himself as the architect of rock and roll. He drew the blueprint for Elvis and Buddy Holly and others to take it from him. And that's making your peace with it. He also called himself the innovator and the originator. Mm -hmm. His real name was Richard Perryman. He was honored by many institutions, inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame and the Songwriters Hall of Fame. Because of the result of complications at birth, he had a slight deformity that the left one of his legs was shorter than the other. This produced an unusual gait, and he was mocked for his allegedly effeminate appearance. Little Richard recalled that he was always changing the key upwards in church where he sang, and they once stopped him from singing in church for screaming and hollering so loud. It earned him the nickname Warhawk. As a child, he would beat on the steps of the house on tin cans and pots and pans, and the neighbors complained because it was so loud. Uh, Mr. Pettyman, in 1984, uh, he said when he was a kid, he played with girls as a child. He was subjected to homosexual jokes and ridicule because of his manner. His father, at the age of 15, 15, kicked him out of the house. His father told him, I wanted to have seven sons, and you ruined it. Oh, wow. Seven? Seven. Jesus. Little Richard, Mr. Perryman, uh, had a tough life. Fifteen, no house, no place to live, and he was forced to move out in the condition that he was in and find his own way. The originator, the innovator, the architect of rock and roll was not without his problems. If you have a drug, he'll take it. LSD, cocaine, liquor, whatever. Sexually, he was out there as well. However, 
this was the ground spot for what would become rock and roll or the first time that we would ever hear it. So keep in mind, as I share some of this music with you, this is 1952 songs that were only played on black radio. And a lot of the white teenagers may say they didn't listen. They did. And that's why there were a lot of requests for this kind of music on Top 40 radio. 1952, before anybody knew what the term rock and roll was, Little Richard, along with the unbelievable performance of what this guy was capable of, he wrote most of these. Here is, as we remember, the great Little Richard.
Richard George Perryman is a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, the Georgia Music Hall of Fame. He has a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame, a member of the Songwriters Hall of Fame, a member of the Apollo Theater Hall of Fame, the Blues Hall of Fame, and the Rhythm and Blues Music Hall of Fame. Now, Little Richard is not the only one we lost. You many consider her to be a one-hit wonder, but Betty Wright passed away. Her biggest hit was in 1977. Most of us remember this. God knows I do. The Cleanup Woman. A cleanup woman is a woman who gets all the love girls leave behind. just a talented singer. Her vocal talents are on display right there. She also knew talent when she heard it. Along the way, she worked with a guy who had an unusual beat and a great vibe, and she encouraged him to keep working, keep doing what he does. She introduced him to her record company, and many say she discovered him. He was signed, and he was a one-hit wonder. Peter Brown is here because of Betty Wright. That's Betty, by the way. Brown, along with a great vibe with it, uh, with his work in the studio, he was also quite the writer. Most people don't know why would you, but he wrote this hit for Madonna. There you go. Little Richard, Betty, uh, rest in peace, both of you. Uh, two great ones. Matt, your thoughts on Little Richard? Uh, I have two comments. Um, first of all, Little Richard's great. Uh, the drum intro in You Keep a Knockin', mm-hmm. uh, that's the same as Led Zeppelin's Rock and Roll. He lifted it uh, from there. All right, hang on. All right, you see, it's the same as, oh, check it out. Okay, Rock and Roll. Okay, let's listen. Here's Keep a Knockin'. Keep in mind, Led Zeppelin. It is. Good well, ear. Well, well, didn't you say that Led Zeppelin took things from everybody? They did. Well. 
Well, but, well, uh, well, I wouldn't call it. Matt, I wouldn't call that Matt. plagiarizing. Well, wait, wait, it, Matt, the, Matt. the song is Matt. called Rock and Roll. It's kind of like a throwback theme. Yeah, but okay, fine. But Matt, Led Zeppelin stole lyrics and songs. Oh, uh, I don't know anything about that. But they also were mostly a blues band, so a lot of that ends up being similar anyway. Well, there's anyway. Just, yeah, go, go ahead. I have one one more thing. Um, they, by the way, Led Zeppelin allegedly. Stole. Go yeah, ahead, man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not to take anything away from uh, Little Richard, um, but when, when you talk about like who really created rock and roll and all that, you also have to mention uh, Chuck Berry. Yeah, okay, I hear you. I'm just not a fan. Neither am I. To me, all of his songs sound exactly the same and not like something I'd want to listen to. I like Little Richard a lot better. Why they is were both. It? Why is it that many of the people that bring great things into the world, not just music, maybe other things, but why is it that a certain percentage of them are disgusting people? Oh. Well, I don't know. Well, I mean, I'm just saying. Well, yeah, look, the, the Little Richard thing, I've been very clear about that. Chuck Berry I hear you and I agree with you. I'm is just he a, Is he a disgusting person? Uh Luna thinks so. Uh he, he Hold on. <laughs> Shut up. Shut up. There's nothing. Stop. Sometimes sometimes dogs just have to bark, Matt. Well, for her it's multiple times a day. Uh I obviously I never met Chuck Berry. I was never around him, but I've seen footage of things that make him seem unlikable. Oh, okay. As it were. All right. Uh where's my pensive music? Wait, whoa, 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 whoa. We are not Are we gonna do these damn TV shows? No, we're not. Not no, 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 because Matt, I cannot have this on my list again for next week. So we have got to talk about the motherfucking airplanes. All right. Matt Matt, what? The okay. <laughs> you said you said sitcom. Okay, it's been like half the, an hour okay, already. All right, we're we're going. Hang, hang on, Matthew. Here now are collectible airplanes that you could have bought. People did. They bid on these at auction and they won them. First, who and, cares? Okay. Exactly. All right. Well, then I'm not going to do it. No, you got to because you right. just put it right back on there. Just fly through it. All right, I'm going to do them quick. Uh, did you know? I didn't know this. Graceland sold the Lisa Marie and the Hound Dog 2, Elvis's two airplanes. They were purchased together for $15 million. But the stipulation, if you buy them, you own them, but they have to stay at Graceland. Wow. So some idiot paid $15 million. So if you visit Graceland and you're on the planes, Graceland don't own them. They sold them. What about the airplane that was used in Indiana Jones in the Last Crusade? It was put on the block. It didn't sell because it's not a real airplane. Mm. Uh, the out of wow! <laughs> you said we were going to do this fast. I'm doing it. The out of Africa airplane sold for two hundred eighty thousand dollars. Out of Africa is a movie. Uh, we know that. Uh, oh, okay. Here's one in your world. Okay. The Fantasy Island airplane. Mm -hmm. It lands with the people coming to Fantasy Island. And thingamajiggos, the plane, the plane. Yes, yes, yes. The plane sold for $275,000. 
This is pretty cool. James Bond fans, the little bitty micro jet that James Bond flew in in Octopussy sold for $275,000. Get this. Mm. Did you know that you could own the miracle on the Hudson Airbus, the one that uh, right. was landed in the Hudson? It sold for an undisclosed price and it was torn apart for scrap metal. Dang. No, I'm kidding. It's in a museum. Okay. And lastly, how would you like to own the very first Air Force One? Hmm. Yeah. Some guy bought it for $35,000, and he also, thrown into the deal, got four other airplanes for the $35,000. Good for him. What what president flew in it? Hang on. In, in the first yeah, Air Force for somebody Matthew, who you're was not making, supposed to ask questions. Yeah, he did. We were making, almost through this, Making Matthew. fun of my goddamn Get list, it. and he asked a question. Uh, let's see, the museum. Oh, Linda, this Air Force One. Is the one that we saw? No, it's here in Charlotte. It's in a museum. Oh. Uh, let me see, Matt. Uh, you guys have aviation crap all over Charlotte. Yeah. All right, Matt, I don't It's all have... over the airport. Oh, uh, President Dwight Eisenhower and First Lady Mamie Eisenhower. Okay. okay. Thank you. All right. Here we go. <clears throat> he was president when you were born. The 20... Wait a minute. No. <laughs> Matt! Well, he's correct. He is I, correct. I quit adding to the story, Matt. <laughs> All right. Here we go. Now, I, 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 again, I say I looked at this list, and I think it is solid. God damn it. Sitcoms. And now, keep in mind, I, I, and the reason I, I say this is because I've always thought that sitcoms were four camera shows filmed in front of an audience. This, uh, this list has some of those and some not. Some single camera shows. But I do think that this is a solid list. Here now, the 20 best TV sitcoms of all time. Comments will be allowed. Okay. From the I, I don't think you need to have multiple cameras. I think if it's a half hour comedy, well, you're good. By, by, by definition, sitcom stands for situation comedy. Therefore, because yeah, like the office, the office is definitely a sitcom, but that's not Yes, um, agree. In front of a live audience. So, as I say, I had to alter my definition of sitcom. So, and I would think Andy Andy Griffith would definitely qualify as well. It does, it does, and and so that's why I think this is a solid solid list. Here we go, and if you have comments, they will be allowed. Here we go, number twenty best sitcom of all time, Will and Grace. Hmm. I liked it fine. I can't say that, that doesn't. I, yeah, that that that's not a, a very hot start to the list. Yeah. Well, but it's a it's a solid list. Like it or not, there's going to be some of these you like, some you don't. But they base. I'm this not on, sure. I'm not sure. Will and Gray should crack the top twenty though. Well, it did number twenty. Nineteen can't stand it because I can't stand her, Roseanne. Yes, but yeah, I'm not really a fan either. But it was very popular for its time. It was. There's yeah. no question. And were they a groundbreaker? They brought up stuff? Yes. That, they okay. talked about things nobody else did. Okay. But then so did the Golden Girls. All right. So, Matt, this is in your wheelhouse, number 18, that 70s show. I'm not a huge fan of it. Really? It, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, don't, I don't dislike it. I like it fine. I, I got a giggle every now and then from it. Oh, yeah. I have nothing against it. Number 17. 
I don't know how to feel about. I've seen a few. I didn't really watch it. Taxi. Judd Hirsch. Yeah. Andy Kaufman. That I thought that was a weird period for it. It's but, just surprising that you see um, you see pictures of Danny DeVito on Taxi. He doesn't look that much different. Right. Well, yeah, I mean, he started out like that. But it was like 50 years ago. And he still looks kind of the same. I, look, I, I got to say, out of all of Taxi, the best person on there was Danny DeVito. He was hysterical. The I rest, love Danny DeVito. I do, too. I, I, I think every project he does is better. Number 16, can't comment, even though I did work on the set of this show, uh, number 16, best sitcom of all time, Scrubs. Oh, yeah. No, Matt and I love Scrubs. Yeah, I love Scrubs. Is it? Well, I mean, it's obviously a medical show, but mm-hmm. but was the medical part real? Or was it just? Uh, I, I've, I've heard it didn't feel very real, but I've heard that it was um, a lot more realistic than other shows like ER or Grey's Anatomy. Well, my point is, did it have any drama in it? Yeah, yeah, a little bit, but it was a comedy. Comedy, not okay. not not really like the exciting medical drama. Maybe more like the emotional people dying stuff. Yeah, I don't. You know, I don't. I don't remember all that well. Well, as I said, but I, it's a great show. As I said, I didn't watch it, but I was helping a buddy. He was making a short, and I was in it, and we shot it. On the or in the building where they shot Scrubs, and at some point, somebody during the night came up and go, "Do you realize this is where they shot Scrubs?" Oh, and I was like, "Oh, great! Really? Okay, super." Yeah, it's it's some kind of a hospital that they yeah um, that's that that's only used for uh, shooting stuff. Well, I will say, what a great place to shoot because uh, it's its own isolated building, four floors. Um, decked out to shoot, meaning there are walls that are movable. Uh, you know, a lot better than a soundstage. I'll tell you that. Yeah. Uh, okay, number 15, say what you want. I'll just go ahead and say it, and then you can weigh in. Gilligan's Island. I love Gilligan's Island. Pretty silly. It I is. Have, I haven't watched much of it. Well, maybe you should, Matt. <laughs> I won't. That's not something I'm going to sit down and watch. Well, you can't say that people, look, I'm not per se a major fan of it, but I saw every single episode. Of course. Number 14, never really watched it. All respect in the world for the star, The Bob Newhart Show. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch it, Matt? When When I used to sleep with the TV on, sometimes it would come on. That's when I knew I was up way too late. <laughs> well, Nickelodeon. But no, I didn't watch it. It did looked it looked deeply boring. But I've heard that it's not. Well, you know, if you're a fan, but, I mean, it, fan. it sounds it sounds boring too to someone my age. The Bob Newhart show. <laughs> yeah, get yeah. out of here. Number thirteen, and this will be the same, Matt. I never really watched it, but so many did. It's looked on as one of the greats. Number thirteen, the Mary Tyler Moore show. Uh, yeah, I haven't really watched that either, but I, I hear good things. Linda? I would, I would be more likely to watch that than I would the Bob Newhart show or Gilligan's Island. Linda? Yeah, it's, did, it's fine. All right. Number 12, uh, 
The Dick Van Dyke Show. These are all old shows. Not all of them. Except for Scrubs. No, not all of them. Okay. Uh, number 11, I can't... I, I love the star, but I didn't enjoy the show. Uh, the Honeymooners, but it is looked on as one of the originators of the present-day sitcom. Yeah, I can see that. Uh, number 10, Frasier. Oh. Love Frasier. Yes. Frasier is great. Frasier should be higher on the list. You're not happy with 10? I just love Frasier. I enjoyed the ones that I saw. Mm-hmm. I thought Niles mm-hmm. was very funny. The brothers were hysterical. Number nine, The Cosby Show. I couldn't stand it. Everybody was so well-dressed to be sitting around the house. <laughs> and even before his troubles, it, it, I could tell that Bill Cosby would go wherever he chose to go. And everybody's job was to sit there and laugh at him. And I frankly didn't find what he was doing to be very entertaining. Bill Cosby. So, but number nine, iconic. I know. Everybody watched it. Yep. It had spinoffs. Number eight, Cheers. Yep, I agree with that. Cheers was great. I never really watched Cheers, but I would. Yeah. I don't think you'd hate it, Matt. Even, yeah, I don't think I would either. Even now. Number seven, Friends. Wow, I feel like, that's, I feel like that's way too low for Friends. Friends should be number one. Yeah. Uh, uh, yeah uh, it's pound for pound. It's the most solid. It's just not. I'll be yeah, honest. Yeah, it is. I'll be honest with you. It's whatever for me. And I've no, seen them. All of my, Linda and all my kids, they love it. They hold it in this high regard. It's really whatever. The, uh, it's not... Uh, it's it's not very innovative, but it's, uh, you know, they, they took everything that was already happening and really put a bow on it. Well, um, all, all 10 seasons, very solid. The uh, shark porn episode was uh, on the other day. The, and the, the, or, the, or the fajita episode. That's my favorite. Fajitas. No, look, <laughs> look, I've seen them. And I will say the shark porn is one of the funniest things <laughs> I've ever seen. But... Pound for pound with their jokes, I just, I found it to be whatever. I know that I'm in the minority, and I know that you're both offended that it's number seven. Yeah, and now I'm, now I'm, <clears throat> I'm really afraid of what number one is. Uh, number, number one is I Love Lucy. No, number one is going to be... Have you heard? Be, no. no. It, it's going to be, I Love Lucy is going to be there. Number six, The Simpsons. I wouldn't call that a sitcom. It's a cartoon. It, it, but Matt, it is a. I guess. I guess you could. Yeah. It, it's a, it's a situation, and I'm surprised at you, Matt. Did you not watch The Simpsons? I've never been able to get into The Simpsons. Oh wow! I've tried multiple times. Well, what's what's the what's the dad animated show? Something dad. American Dad. Is Family that, Guy. Yeah, Family, Family Guy. Family Guy. Do you like that? I did, but Family Guy is kind of they they Family Guy has its own humor. And they're very relentless with it, um, and it, it just got old after a while. Okay. South Park. All right. Number five, greatest sitcom of all time. I'll take it. The Andy Griffith Show. Okay. Andy Griffith Show is great. 
I have no I have no issues with uh, with that show. Number four, held in super high regard, obviously groundbreaking and hysterical, all in the family. Yeah. In fact, I would have put all in the family way above number three. Number three, and you both said it, I love Lucy. Yeah. I mm. just don't enjoy it. You know, uh, situation, Lucy gets herself in, and then it's just physical comedy. And I, Which was great. At the time. Yeah. But it's still watched heavily to this day. Yeah, they, they play it in the mornings before Golden Girls. Yeah, not my bag. Which Golden Girls, you haven't said on this, and I don't think they're going to be number two. How about some Fresh Prince? Let's see. Fresh Prince? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, wait. So, well, maybe we should guess, because Seinfeld's one of them. Seinfeld is going to be number one. God damn it. And I told your dad, if he reads me another list where Seinfeld is number one, I'm leaving the room. So, mad, I may have to leave the room. Um, I can't think of any uh, others, except for South Park. South Park. That's uh, a possibility. South Park didn't make it, buddy. Let me think. Let me think. Let's see. Cheers. Oh, okay. All right. So I'm going to say MASH, and I don't think that MASH would have been number one, but it could have been. And Seinfeld would be number two. Wasn't MASH an hour long? No, it's still it was, a situation comedy. I thought it was 30 minutes. It's 30 oh, minutes. So now. MASH is on this list? Number two. Oh, it's Seinfeld. God oh. damn it. <laughs> God fucking damn it. Linda, everybody, look, when, when Jerry Stiller passed away. Mm, uh, yeah. Everybody, that's all they showed was Seinfeld clips. Nobody talked about King of Queens. But. And that's another yeah, thing. Yeah, I, I, was, I was hoping King and Queens would be on the list. King of Queens, Golden Girls, Golden Mom. Golden Girls is shit. Mom is a great sitcom. It is, but I mean, L- Linda, of all time. Okay. King yeah. of Queens is, is my favorite of all of them. Well, I, I that's did. That's the one, or that, that or Frasier. And Big Bang wasn't on there. Well, I think with time it may be included, but as of right now. That's, and Seinfeld is number one. I guess I'm mad about that because I don't, I don't like, I don't, I've never, I just don't like it. I'm not a fan. I mean, I look, it's one of those shows where if it's on, I'll sit and watch a few minutes. I do love Jason Alexander. Always have. I think he's very funny. I, I always thought Jerry was whatever. Kramer was funny. Yep. If you, if you were to get into it and watch, um, really watch it, you would enjoy it a lot more. I'm sure it's 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 one of those. Once you're once you're in the zone, it's great. New Adventures of Old Christine is hilarious. Fun. Funny, yeah, I like that one a lot. I, I I was I mean, is it just me? Because I've seen enough. Because I'm around you and you watch it, and I see. Was Christine and her brother a little too close? <laughs> That's the funniness of it. Okay. Because, <laughs> I mean, because I, I don't know. Oh, gosh. Yeah, so number one, Seinfeld, MASH 2. MASH, I've never liked. I thought their jokes were so lame. I just didn't like it. I've never seen it. Do you know what MASH stands for? Mobile no. Army Surgical Hospital. 
And cool. I'm and I can't believe I'm still fucking sitting here. Seinfeld number one. Well, um, I, I I'll tell you one that I've seen. And Raymond, everybody loves Raymond. Wasn't on that list. Agreed. Yes. Oh, I'm getting really mad here. Um, I tell you one that one day could make it. I don't profess by any means to have seen many of them, but when I have watched them, I've so thoroughly enjoyed really the genius behind Seinfeld, Curb Your Enthusiasm, Larry David. Yeah. Great show. That's a, uh, that is a great show. And and really, Larry David, I, I guess he is given credit. Wouldn't you agree, Matt, given credit for yeah. his part of Seinfeld? Yeah, I mean, he wrote... Uh, every episode up until the end it was like the last couple seasons but that's that's a lot of work cranking out every episode oh yeah by yourself oh yeah i don't know how you did it but and i know that a lot of you are going to respond so next week linda's comments will be all of your thoughts as to which shows shouldn't have been included or were not included so um all right well matthew listen out of all three of our kids you're the only one that joined Katie said she was going to come on. Yeah, she wasn't feeling well. She texted me this morning. Ah. Yeah. Well, this has been uh, so great that I just can't stand it. <laughs> well, now, wait a minute. Look, Matthew, I, I, I defend because nobody loves a good, solid, positive argument more than you. And you had a few arguments in here, and I think you enjoyed it. Yeah. I didn't I didn't have a bad time. <laughs> uh, so Matt, tell us in the world of lockdown, what is the rest of your day consist of? You know, I never know until it uh happens. But yesterday was a big day. I woke up late. Um well I mean not it's not that late. I'm I'm thirty three years old. I woke up at eight thirty. Mm. Um but, you know, it took my time, and as I came out of the bathroom, I saw that Eleni had removed everything from the kitchen, and I realized she's cleaning. And I thought, oh, I'm not looking to clean today. And she insisted that she wanted to do it herself. And she said, just go outside. And I did, and she cleaned. Uh, I, and I, um, that was great. Well, I can share this. Uh, because it coincides with the story Matt just told. So in this world of lockdown, Linda and I both spend quite a bit of time each day FaceTiming with our kids. And so yesterday, Matthew calls me. And Matthew walks the backyard a lot. Um, and so he's outside and he's got Luna with him. Uh, and this coincides directly with what he just said. I said, Matthew, where's your, uh, where's Eleni? Where's your wife? He goes, she's inside cleaning. And I said, well, go in and give her the phone. Let her say hi to me. And and he, <laughs> he just simply looks toward the house and then he goes, that wouldn't be a strong move at this point. <laughs> and I said, why? And he said, well, she's cleaning. She told me to get out. And as I came outside, she then came out and brought me all of the things that she thought I would need so that I don't come in. <laughs> so yeah. me me going 
as he put it, quote, that wouldn't be a good move. Mm-hmm. So, hey. Yeah, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't be, wouldn't have been well received. Well, um, at any rate, and so, Matt, how? Oh, and, and, um, and I was in charge of cleaning the bathroom, uh-huh. and this was my first time using a Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Was it good? Wow. Yeah. Yeah, no, they're great. What is it? It really, it's a, it's like a sponge. You run it underwater, squeeze it, and then it, it got it got all sorts of crap off from the floor of my um, bathtub. Yeah, it's 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 awesome to have. Looks huh. it looks brand new now. Wow. Yeah. See, I don't know these things. You have one under your sink. What did I use it for? It's still sitting there because you're like those are worthless. So I used it on something, and I wasn't impressed. I think you tried to use it on the griddle, which is not what you're supposed to use it on. Well, yeah, that that is not where I would use a Mr. Clean Magic Eraser. Yeah, well, he didn't know. He just saw it and grabbed it, and I'm like, oh, I'll use this on it. Um, all right, well, Matthew, listen, thank you for, for joining. Yes, and, uh, thank you, Matt. And thir- for the stupid list, thir- is, uh, yeah. Well, well, that's the thing with lists. Everybody's opinionated. With all the old shows on it, everybody you know has an idea as to where they think it's going to go, and it doesn't. And it did. It went right where I thought it was going to go. Well, either way, I knew it was either going to be Seinfeld or I Love Lucy. Uh, but I was hoping it would be Friends. Yeah. Well, Friends was tough. Well, I would have been stoked if it was King of Queens or Frasier, but that that was unrealistic. Frasier yeah. made the list. Yeah. But it should have been number one. Yeah. Number uh, one, Frasier. Number two, King of Queens. Number three, Friends. Well, then Matt. Number made- four, Mash. All right. Look. <laughs> I wouldn't even put Mash in there. Uh, Military assist surgical hospital. Okay, so uh, again, I mentioned to you uh, there was a conversation going on. Something heavy duty was being discussed, and in the middle of that, Matthew says. I think I'm going to rearrange my favorite Beatles albums. So, Matt, before we go, at this point in time, May, whatever it is, 2020, what right now, today, at this moment, what is, pound for pound, in your opinion, the greatest Beatles album? Lately, my uh, vibe is none of them. They're all, it's the, it's the breadth of the whole, the whole thing. It's it's untouchable. It's not an answer I wanted. Well, that's the answer you're getting because each one is different. They the the thing about them is they would go for something. They're singing like you sing in the shower, and they would they would go for a vibe or a style, and uh, and pull it off. All right. And each album sounds different. It's got its own vibe, and that's what makes them so great. All right, well then, since you didn't answer, I'm going to, and I take nothing away from Sgt. Pepper, but I'm going to go Rubber Soul. Rubber Soul is uh, their, um, it's kind of their tightest. They were still playing live. Mm-hmm. Got, uh, that's a, that's a, it's a great album, just like the rest of them. Well, I tell you what, and you should be ready for this. Maybe the next time the Beatles, there's like a big moment time in history of the Beatles maybe we'll have you on for your top five greatest Beatles songs well I'm afraid you um that ship has passed oh have you done it no the um all that was last 
decade, like uh, all the 50-year stuff, mm-hmm. now you'll have to wait until 2023, I guess, to get back to when they started releasing stuff. All right. Well, Matthew, either way, thank you. So for I'll ju- talk to you then. <laughs> all right. Well, and Don't call me before that. I, I, I won't. I, I will not. Well, you can. You can. <laughs> but just the... Uh, this, this podcast I'll be back in 2023 for another 45 minute phone call uh, my boy uh, Matt go have a great day I'm sure we'll speak at some point I look forward to it see you buddy bye Matt bye bye oh. Uh, oh here it is I couldn't figure out how to hang him up. Oh. All right, that's going to do it for the show today. I just love the fact that I did get the airplanes done. Me too. Did you enjoy it? No. Okay. Well, you don't have to worry about it. It's gone now. Didn't enjoy the list either. Oh, you were dreading all the way to number one. What year is it? Because you fucked me over with that. You know what, Mark? I hated this show. <laughs> you went four for five, and you're bitching. I could have done five. Yeah, I'd well, have gotten you... a little help there. I'm not here to help you. Yes, you are. Well, I'm going to go upstairs and make us a sandwich. Great. Yeah. Love it. It's Friday, right? It's Friday. Everybody go be safe. If you want to follow Skeeter, where is it? At Lake Norman Linda. Everybody go. Enjoy. See you back here next week. Bye, y'all. Have a good weekend. There's other problems besides dogs, you know. Maybe there's still Nazis around. I don't know. I don't check. But maybe, maybe. I mean, what's going to happen? A bunch of German shepherds are going to get together and try to take over France? I don't think so. I, I'm, I'm making jokes, but I'm saying I think dogs should not run around. The world has changed. It used to be four cars were in Berlin. But now there's cars. Dogs can get hurt. You got to keep on a leash now, and I feel. And if you want to protest this, everybody has an opinion. I'm in film. Make a dogumentary. You ever hear of a dogumentary? A thing about dogs. I love dogs, but I like them to be safe. They're making a thing that you can't have a dog poop just any place. Why would you let dogs poop any place? Who needs that? But this is the new thing in Berlin, and now they're saying that, uh, you know, I think it's true. Curb your dog's enthusiasm. A dog is enthusiastic, it poops. So that's, I say, please put a leash and curb your dog in Berlin, and I, I am for taking care of the dog as much as the people. That's my commentary. Gary Marshall from the Bronx. Who knows what I said?
Highlights. Ah, oh, God. <laughs>